This week on Cinematic Sound Radio. We'll be paying tribute to legendary composer Ennio Morricone. Morricone sadly passed away on July 6, 2020 at the age of 91. And to honor the Academy Award-winning composer, we here at Cinematic Sound Radio put together a program called Re-Recording Morricone, featuring music by Morricone, newly recorded or newly remixed. On the program, you'll hear selections from Once Upon a Time in the West, The Untouchables, The Legend of 1900, Marco Polo, Two Mules for Sister Sarah, Death Rides a Horse, Cinema Paradiso, The Mission, and more. Featuring performers such as Apollo 440, the Orchestra of the Academia, National de Santa Cecilia, William Motzing, Nick Rain, the City of Prague Philharmonic, London Music Works, Henry Mancini and the Mancini Pops, Yo-Yo Ma, Sarah Andon, Simon Padroni, Dulce Pontes, John Machari, the London Philharmonic, Monica Mancini, and Alan Howarth. So pop some popcorn, grab a cold beverage, sit back in your favorite chair, turn down the lights and turn up the volume as the flagship show on Cinematic Sound Radio begins now. This is the Cinematic Sound Radio Network.
Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Cinematic Sound Radio. I'm Eric Woods coming to you from Kitchener, Ontario, Canada. Hello to all of our listeners at Cinematic Sound Radio or wherever you can find great podcasts. It's great to have you on board. Uh, If you're listening to the program on Apple Podcasts or through an app that allows you to review shows, please take the time to rate and review the show. Also, we have a newly opened merchandise store where you can buy a logo t-shirt from your favorite Cinematic Sound Radio programs, as well as hundreds of other items, including some limited edition apparel. Check it out at TeePublic. The link is in the show notes. Today's program is re-recording Morricone, and we opened the program with a remix of The Man with the Harmonica, from 1968, Sergio Leone directed classic Once Upon a Time in the West from an album called RMX Marconi, featuring a wide variety of electronica, drum and bass, techno trance, hip-hop artists having their way with some of Marconi's most beloved themes. It's actually really a fantastic album if you're into that type of music. So that's our first example of what we're doing on today's program. Again, it's called Re-Recording Morricone. We've produced other shows in our re-recording series, including uh, re-recording Elmer Bernstein, John Williams, and James Horner, and we are planning more later down the road. So, Ennio Morricone. What can be said about the man that hasn't been said already? He wrote the music to over 400 films and television shows. He wrote over 100 pieces of classical music. He won a single Academy Award in 2016 for The Hateful Eight, while also receiving an honorary Academy Award in 2007. He won Grammys, Golden Globes, BAFTAs, numerous other European awards, And he's gone on to influence numerous film composers and contemporary pop artists as well. He was one of the most innovative, creative, gifted, brilliant film composers to ever commit music to the silver screen. He pushed the boundaries like no other, experimenting with different sounds, instruments, and devices in his scores. There's no greater example of this than his work with Sergio Leone on the Dollars Trilogy Western Films. Now, due to budgetary constraints, Marconi was limited to what he could use in his scores for those films. Therefore, he turned to cheaper alternatives to the orchestra, which completely reinvented the Western musical sound with his pop sensibilities, electric guitars, whistles, sound effects like guns, whips, and voices. These low-budget films never diluted Marconi's creativity. It only encouraged it while still offering music of the highest quality. Marconi also had numerous successes outside of Italy, collaborating with such directors as Roland Jaffe, Brian De Palma, Barry Levinson, Roman Polanski, Warren Beatty, William Friedkin, Terrence Malick, Quentin Tarantino, amongst others. And Marconi spawned a wonderful and lasting collaboration with Giuseppe Tonatore, with their first film being the classic Cinema Paradiso. Marconi was also a gifted conductor, offering numerous concerts of his work during his lengthy career to sold-out audiences around the world. Marconi never learned English, 
and he never left Rome to write his music. Morricone's final score ended up being one written for his longtime friend, Honore, for the 2016 romance, The Correspondence. Personally, I never really gave the man the attention he deserved. Out of the 400-plus scores he wrote, I own maybe 5% of it, but what I do have, it's sensational. My first real exposure to Morricone was on a lazy Sunday afternoon flipping through the channels on television and landing on the local Fox affiliate out of Buffalo. This was around 1993. The Untouchables was about to begin, and the main title erupted with two hits of timpani Then a wailing harmonica that's then preceded by snares playing this galloping rhythm with piano playing counterpoint. And boy, was that ever a cool groove. The piece was also incredibly intense and just grabbed your attention. Then Marconi just added more and more layers and more odd rhythms. It was an incredibly striking and impressionable piece. I then saw the name Ennio Morricone. I recognized it, but didn't really know it. But I knew one day that I had to underscore. And of course, eventually, I did. Now, when I began Cinematic Sound Radio back in 1996... I really didn't have any Morricone albums. Actually, I don't think I had any. Therefore, my first exposure to his music was through his more contemporary work at the time, U-Turn, Bullworth. And then my first real love of Morricone's music on CD was The Legend of 1900. By the way, those albums that I just mentioned were uh, sent to me to play on my radio show. So from there until about 2000, I started picking up the classics, the Spaghetti Westerns, the Mission, and Cinema Paradiso. But in 2000, wow, well, what a year that was for Morricone. I got to hear three extraordinary works. Mission to Mars for Brian De Palma's ambitious science fiction film, Roland Joffe's Vital, and then the mesmerizing Melina, which I played almost endlessly, especially the heart-wrenching end title cue with those lush strings and delicate oboe solos. My heart just melted. So, it was his more dramatic works that caught my attention before any of his career classics, which I eventually grew to love. In 2004, a one-of-a-kind album was sent to me, 
an album the likes I have never heard before. It was Yo-Yo Ma plays Ennio Morricone, and I will gush more about that album later on in the program. So even after listening to all that great music Morricone composed, he was never a, a composer I would reach for. I appreciated his gift, his brilliance, and the fact that he was and is still considered one of the greatest of all time. But when I think about my own list of greatest of all time, I skip Morricone, and that's just unfair. I have some catching up to do, and I hope I find a fondness for his other works the way I do with a small collection of scores that I have in my possession now. And with that, let's move on to today's program, re-recording Morricone. It's always exciting to find alternate recordings of classic film music, and boy, do we have some doozies for you today. So let's just get right back into some more music, starting with a suite from an album called Cinema Concerto in your Morricone at Santa Cecilia, this album was recorded in November 1998 in Rome. The concert came about when the superintendent of the Academia de Santa Cecilia asked Morricone to do a concert of his film music at the Academia. Morricone agreed, provided that he be allowed to use their fine musicians during the concert. In total, there were three concerts held, which were enormously successful. Morricone enjoyed his time during those concerts and then asked to conduct two more the following summer. With a vast number of themes and scores to choose from, Morricone decided to play themes and selections that the public loved the best. The album was recorded live, beautifully captured by engineer Mike Shady. The selections we're going to play for you comes from the spaghetti western portion of the concert. Morricone opens the suite with the title theme from The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, and then moved into the haunting aria from Once Upon a Time in the West, which on the original soundtrack recording, the wordless vocals were performed by the legendary Edda Del Orso. For the concert, Gemma Bertinoli provided all the haunting vocals heard during this Western suite. The suite moves on to a bouncy piece from the 1971 film a Fistful of Dynamite, also known as Duck You Sucker. And then, the piece segues brilliantly into arguably the greatest piece of music Morricone has ever composed, The Ecstasy of Gold, from The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. The legendary piece that was written before the sequence was even filmed, a piece written for rolling pianos, solo oboe, soaring trumpets, heroic horns, strings, pulsating percussion, basses, and a massive choir. This might very well be my favorite performance of the piece, with Bertinelli's vocals soaring above it all. It's an absolutely perfect way to end the suite. Bye. 
Western Suite from Cinema Concerto, Ennio Morricone at Santa Cecilia, an album recorded live in November of 1998 with Ennio Morricone conducting, and the album was released on Sony Classical. This is the Cinematic Sound Radio Network, and you're listening to The Flagship Show with Eric Woods. That was the untitled theme from the 1987 film The Untouchables featuring a brilliant recording of Henry Mancini conducting his own orchestra from a sensational album called Music of Ennio Morricone and Nino Rota. Welcome back to Cinematic Sound Radio's presentation of re-recording Morricone in honor of Ennio Morricone who passed away a few months ago. Up next is music from one of my all-time favorite albums, an album that entered in at number eight on my favorite re-recordings of all time. Yo-Yo Ma plays Ennio Morricone, features original cello and orchestra arrangements by Ennio Morricone of his most popular themes from such films as The Mission, 
Cinema Paradiso, Once Upon a Time in America, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, The Untouchables, and many more. The selected tracks on this recording inspired four short student films that were made as part of a special program at the University of Southern California Film School in conjunction with its music school to showcase the importance of music in filmmaking. The genesis for this recording began during the Academy Awards in 2001, when Yo-Yo Ma was performing the Academy Award-winning score for Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon on the Oscar telecast, and met Morricone, who was also in attendance for his Oscar-nominated score to Molina. Their initial encounter ultimately resulted in Morricone reimagining many of his most famous melodies in new orchestral treatments that featured the cello. It's an absolutely brilliant album that takes the most popular cello player out there, rearranges and reorchestrates the music for a solo cello performance, and we get to hear this classic music the way it has never been performed before. It's familiar, yet totally different. It's inspiring, relaxing, warm, and deeply emotional. It's a wonderful and unique compilation featuring the music of one of film's greatest composers. We'll then move on to a stunning recent recording of Morricone music called Cinema Morricone, an intimate celebration featuring pianist Simone Padroni and flautist Sarah Andon. This is one of the first projects former Verez Serb and producer Robert Townsend tackled after leaving Verez in early 2019 after three decades of brilliant work for that label. Actually, leaving isn't the right word. A Concord group who owns Verez unceremoniously eliminated Townsend's vice president position. Townsend now runs Robert Townsend Productions, where he helped produce a live-to-picture performance of Wojciech Kilar's score to Dracula at the Krakow Film Music Festival and the Tenerife Festival, where he also debuted performances from the album that we're going to play, which was his first album produced away from Verez. The album was very personal to Townsend and wanted to express his intimate relationship with Marconi's music and themes with a stripped-down arrangement of some of his favorite themes and cues for flute and piano. The beautiful album was recorded in Malibu, California and captured by recording engineer Rich Breen and was released on Sony Classical. The piece we're going to play comes from one of my favorite Morricone scores, The Legend of 1900, directed by Giuseppe Tonatore, and starred Timothy Roth, released in 1998, and tells the extraordinary tale of a virtuoso musician born at sea. As mentioned earlier, this score was one of my first ever Morricone scores that I experienced. It simply melted me. Little did I know that this composer of over 400 scores was writing one of his greatest creations for this film. The selection Townsend chose to highlight the score isn't from the sensational opening cue that opens the album, but the more intimate playing love cue, which in the original score, the main melody was passed around from oboe to panpipe to saxophone and lone trumpet. And now, two more selections of music by Ennio Morricone, re-recorded, this is the Brian De Palma Suite featuring Casualties of War and the Untouchables Death Theme. And then the Playing Love Theme from The Legend of 1900 
from the album Cinema Morricone, An Intimate Celebration.
That was music from The Legend of 1900, performed by Sarah Andon and Simone Pedroni, from an album called Cinema Marconi, An Intimate Celebration. You also heard in there Yo-Yo Ma on cello, conducted by Ennio Marconi. A suite called Brian De Palma, Casualties of War main theme and the Untouchables death theme, from an album called Yo-Yo Ma Plays Ennio Morricone, and both albums are available through Sony Classical. Bringing you the very best music for film, TV, and video games, this is the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. Up next is a suite of music featuring some early and recent recordings of Morricone's music by the City of Prague Philharmonic. The City of Prague Philharmonic has been one of the most prolific orchestras recording film music in the world. Their current name was given to them by James Fitzpatrick of Tadlow fame in 1992. One of their earliest recordings will be featured first in this suite, the album Best of Adventure. It was a two-CD set featuring premiere recordings and lengthy suites from such scores as David Grusin's The Goonies, Alan Silvestri's Fandango, Michael Small's Jaws the Revenge, and Greg Saffin's Remo Williams, just to name a few. Also on the album was a lovely recording of Morricone's main theme from the Italian miniseries released in 1982 called Marco Polo. The score is one of Morricone's best and remained unreleased for many years until a double CD album was released by Ride Trade Records. In this recording, William Motzing conducts. The second cue comes from the sequel to the classic film The Exorcist called The Exorcist II, The Heretic, released in 1977. Uh, The film was a misfire and remains one of the worst sequels of all time. The only real praise was directed at Marconi's score, which was one of the very first mainstream Hollywood scores Marconi worked on and is highlighted by a gorgeous pop-centric theme written for solo female vocal, orchestra, and chorus. In this recording, Charlotte Kinder provided the vocal with Nick Green conducting, and this comes off an album called The Definitive Horror Music Collection. Next, music from an album called Cinema's Classic Romances, which came out in 1998. It's quite a lovely album, actually. In 1991, Morricone wrote music for Franco Zaffarelli's adaptation of William Shakespeare's Hamlet, starring Mel Gibson. The somber, haunting, mesmerizing, atmospheric score is highlighted by a soft, pillowish theme that's just so utterly simple featuring a lonely oboe and string accompaniment, but packs a huge wave of deep emotions. So now, Ennio Morricone music performed by the city of Prague Philharmonic. This is Marco Polo, The Exorcist II, The Heretic, and Hamlet.
Music performed by the city of Prague, Philharmonic, featuring conductors Nick Rain and William Motzing. And we heard in there three selections. We started with music from Marco Polo. We then heard music from Exorcist II, The Heretic, Regan's Theme. And then we heard the theme from the 1991 adaptation of William Shakespeare's Hamlet. And all of these selections come from albums released through Silver Screen Records. From Kitchener, Ontario, Canada, this is the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. And you're listening to The Flagship Show with Eric Woods. Welcome back to the show. Today we are featuring a program entitled Re-Recording Morricone. I hope you're enjoying today's program. Up next, more music from Morricone Westerns. In this suite, we have two tracks, starting with music from a new album that is one of my favorite new film music compilations. It's called The Greatest Themes from the Spaghetti Western, featuring performances by London Music Works. London Music Works is a group of London's finest musicians who specialize in performing film music. Rick Clark, who is in charge of music production for Silver Screen Records, heads London Music Works, a go-to group of musicians and arrangers who re-record film and TV music for their licensing and retail catalog. This new album is Dynamite, featuring mostly Morricone selections as well as music by Louis Bakalov, Alessandro, Alessandroni, Riz Artoloni, and others. My favorite performance on the album comes from one of my favorite Morricone themes, the main title from Two Mules for Sister Sarah, which was recently released on a lavish two-CD set by La La Land Records. This theme is just absolutely bonkers, and only Morricone could have come up with something so brilliant. The orchestra and the structure of the piece is almost impossible to dissect. Uh, it starts so innocent with solo oboe calls and then just transforms into something more twisted with seemingly out-of-tune acoustic guitars and banjo, screeching piccolo, and in the original recording, you get a return of the piccolo call with a Hammond organ. Everything seems just a little bit off with the piece, which perfectly captures the vibe of the film. But what really makes this piece such a bizarre mix of styles and genres is the insertion of a choir singing Latin text to represent the nun in the film. Unfortunately, during the middle section, with all of those uh, wild woodwind calls, the sound effects of the uh, birds that play in the original soundtrack recording art in this recording, but the energy is all there in this uh, wildly brilliant adaptation. Another superb track on this album is the main theme from Death Rides a Horse, written three years earlier in 1967. This is a more straightforward piece by Morricone. It's epic in scope, strumming guitars, percussion, along with a massive choir, belting out Morricone's twisted lyrics. So music from an album called The Greatest Themes from the Spaghetti Western, featuring two tracks, the main title from Two Mules, or Sister Sarah, and the main theme from Death Rides a Horse.
Music from an album called The Greatest Themes from the Spaghetti Western, featuring music by Ennio Morricone, performed by London Music Works. In there, you heard two selections. We started with the main title from Two Mules for Sister Sarah and the main theme from Death Rides a Horse. And this album is available through Silver Screen Records. Bringing you the very best music for film, TV, and video games, this is the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. Our last suite features a more dramatic side of Morricone, beginning with his classic score to Sergio Leone's 1984 epic, Once Upon a Time in America. As I said earlier, this is a side of Morricone I first fell in love with, and... These themes just hit my heart and my soul faster than any other style of Morricone composition. He, like many other great film composers, could really find the heart and emotion of the story and its characters with his music. Again, there's this great simplicity to Morricone's music, but it's not simplistic. It raises you up, it makes you feel like you float on a cloud, all the while you're 
enveloped by a warm embrace of pure emotion, Deborah's theme from this film does just that for its entire six-minute playing during this suite, which was conducted by John Machari and performed by the London Philharmonic Orchestra from an album called The Genius of Film Music, Hollywood Blockbusters, 1960s to 1980s. Thank you. 
Deborah's theme from the film Once Upon a Time in America. Music by Ennio Morricone, featuring conductor John Machari and the London Philharmonic Orchestra. Again, from an album called The Genius of Film Music, Hollywood Blockbusters 1960s to 1980s. And that is available on London Philharmonic's very own record label. We're now going to move on to the cinema classic Cinema Paradiso, released in 1998, directed by Giuseppe Tonatore. This film is the ultimate love letter to the movies where a young boy discovers the perfect escape from life in his war-torn Sicilian village, the Cinema Paradiso movie house, where a projectionist instills in the boy a deep love of films. I think everyone knows of the film and Morricone's classic score and main theme. Now, many of Morricone's themes have been transformed and newly arranged into actual songs and have gone on to garner great success. One album I was recently made aware of is Monica Mancini's Cinema Paradiso. Monica is the daughter of legendary composer Henry Mancini. Now, from the title, you'd think that this album was all Morricone, but it's not. Actually, the only Morricone selection is the title track, which opens the album. While this particular arrangement of Morricone's classic love theme from Cinema Paradiso into song is quite strong, the rest of the album's a mixed bag with cuts from Ghost Ship, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Summer of 42, Dumbo, and more. Some performances lack a bit of emotion, but I do like this particular performance of Cinema Paradiso. Now, if you want all emotion... And then some, the next piece to end this song suite is by none other than Portuguese singer, songwriter, Dulce Pontes. In 2003, she teamed up with Ennio Marconi, who transformed some of his most famous themes into song performed in English, Italian, Spanish, and Portuguese. Even if you aren't fluent in some of the languages being sung, the power of her voice alone makes this album called Focus well worth your time. The piece we're going to play comes from Ennio Morricone's masterpiece, The Mission, released in 1986, directed by Roland Jaffe, about the experiences of a Jesuit missionary in 18th century South America. The timeless themes from the score are transformed here into a breathtaking song called A Rose Among Thorns. I'm really surprised that this is only the second track on the 15-track album because I would say that this song would be the perfect showstopper at a concert, hence why we've left the best for last. In this recording, Dulce Pontes is accompanied by the maestro conducting the Orchestra Roman Sinfonetta.
A Rose Among Thorns. From The Mission, composed by Ennio Marconi, performed by Dolce Pontes, from an album called Focus. We also heard in there Monica Mancini's rendition of Cinema Paradiso, off an album called Monica Mancini, Cinema Paradiso. Well, we sadly come to the end of yet another edition of Cinematic Sound Radio. Thank you very, very much for tuning in to today's program. To end off today's program and the way I try to end every single new episode of the Cinematic Sound Radio flagship show is with an end title suite. By Soundtracks Records is responsible for uh, some interesting re-recordings. And we're going to play music from a re-recording of the 1982 John Carpenter classic, The Thing, which was a recreation of Ennio Marconi's score as heard on the original soundtrack album. By Soundtracks Records, utilized the help of Alan Howarth, John Carpenter's longtime collaborator, to provide a, a faithful restoration of the music as it was originally heard on the original soundtrack. These re-recordings by, by Soundtracks Records, or BSX Records, have been fascinating, especially when trying to recreate the electronics and synthesized sounds of the past. They did so brilliantly with their Blade Runner recording, and this recording of The Thing is equally impressive, in my opinion, with electronic sounds uh, recreated as faithful as possible, as well as utilizing Larry Hopkins in his digital orchestra tools to recreate the orchestral sounds. Now, while all the cues are present on this album, there were a few changes that were made for this specific presentation, Howworth decided to re-sequence the original album into an order that matched the film. So we'll end today's re-recording Marconi program with the ominous sounds and haunting pulses from the end credits of the film. Thanks again for tuning in to the program. My name is Eric Woods, and I have been your host. And until next time, take care. And happy listening.
Thank you for tuning in to the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. I want to thank Tim Burden for providing his voice for all the bumpers and stingers you hear throughout the program, and David Cosina for providing Cinematic Sound Radio's theme music. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please email us at cinematicsound at yahoo.com. You can find us on social media at Sinsound Radio on Twitter and Cinematic Sound on Facebook. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please take a moment right now to rate the show and write a brief review. Reviews help introduce potential listeners to the show. And while you're at it, head over to TeePublic to get a Cinematic Sound Radio t-shirt. And don't forget to check out Cinematic Sound Radio at cinematicsound.net.